Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back for another episode of the Blitz Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Gallo. And of course, I'm joined by my trusty sidekick and partner in crime, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? Well, you know what? These two-a-days or two-a-weeks, or however you want to call them, have always been really, really fun. But at the same time, it's nice to end our training camp, so to speak, and get ready for the regular season. I agree. And yes, so if people don't know, this is the last of our two episodes per week, and then starting next week, we'll be back to our normal weekly show that everybody can tune in for. But we've got a treat for everybody today also, Harley. You know that, right? Uh, you know what? I always love treats, uh, particularly if there's peanut butter inside of them. Well, we have the guy who um, signs our checks, you know, those huge seven-figure checks that we get. Our boss, David Dory, is joining us today because we're going to talk quarterbacks and tight ends. And you know I don't like to talk quarterbacks. So, David, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Anything smart and intellectual that you can help bring to this show that our listeners don't normally get from me and Harley that you can help them out with? I'll, I'll try to ramp it up if I can. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. It won't be hard, trust me. But listen, <laughs> as usual, the first thing we have to do, and David, you're not used to this because you're not here very often. you got to stop by more often. What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it over to my man Harley Schultz for this week's BPN News. Thank you, Steve. Following surgery to repair an injury to his finger, Seahawks rookie running back Rashad Penny will likely miss a game or two to start the season. This should work out swimmingly for Penny, as two games should be more than enough for Seattle to realize that Chris Carson is not an every-down back. (laughs) Speaking of finger injuries, Dante Parker broke his middle finger this past week. This is just the latest in a growing string of injuries sustained by the fourth-year receiver. The BPN News team attempted to interview Parker regarding his injury history, but instead of responding verbally to our questions, he simply gave us a signal that we were number one. (laughs) Chris Hogan has begun negotiations with the New England Patriots on a contract extension. Barring a new contract, he will be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. Hogan has asked the team to pay him as a true number one wide receiver. However, this has been a sticking point for the Patriots brass, who wish to pay him as a true Chris Hogan. (laughs) Titans wide receiver Rashard Matthews remains sidelined with a mystery ailment. To help diagnose his ongoing condition, BPN News turned to the fine folks at WebMD who have graciously confirmed for us that Matthews indeed has yellow fever, GERD, and leprosy. (laughs) And finally, Ben Roethlisberger sustained a concussion earlier in the week, but he has already been cleared from the concussion protocol. This should come as no big surprise, as Big Ben has a history of rapid recovery from injuries. Of course, this also gives us a great opportunity to remind you about the potential dangers associated with head trauma. 
especially the kind you inflict upon yourself when you choose to start Roethlisberger in a road game. This has been your BPN News Update. Nice job. So, listen, you talked about Hogan. I always liked his nickname. Do you know what it was? Do you know what it is? I did not. 7-Eleven. He's always open. I liked him when he was in Buffalo. You know, Buffalo, think about this. Buffalo's receiving core gets a lot of flack, especially before they went and acquired Corey Coleman. Buffalo had Marquise Goodwin, and they had Hogan. I think I'm forgetting somebody else that they had, too. Anybody remember? Crickets. Yeah, they had Robert Woods for Robert a while. Woods. There you go. Yes. So imagine. Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. Anyway, you know, this also proves that I have no input with regards to what Harley does for the news because last week after our show wrapped, I said, I'm shocked that you didn't use something about the meteor showers and Washington's you know, amount of injuries with people falling the same way that those meteors are falling from the sky. But you said you were going to include it, and you didn't. So I have no, no creative control over the news. Interestingly enough, uh, we had originally talked about pre-recording next week's episode, so that was actually going to be in the subsequent news uh, items for next week's show. But uh, so I screwed now that I up. have to take it out. I screwed that up. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Listen, what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into our draft um, episodes here, and we're at the quarterback and tight end position. We're going to follow the same format. We're going to start with quarterback. I'll throw the name out. I'm not going to partake too much in the quarterback. I'm going to let the two of you guys have, it, have at it. And we'll give their ADP rank what they are overall if there's somebody in the top 24, say. And then if you guys are buying them or selling them at that ADP or if you're just kind of met at them. Ready to start? Let's do it. Sounds good. Let's, let's, go, good. let's go right for the we'll – get out, we'll get out of the gate hard, heavy, and fast. Let's go to Buffalo and talk A.J. McCarron <laughs> and his 214 overall ADP. Well, I got to tell you, when it comes to Buffalo, I always go by the adage – I don't have to take a quarterback from a certain team. There's no way that you can make me take one. And in the case of Buffalo, I wouldn't touch any of them. I mean, Josh Allen, he'll be the guy eventually. He might be the guy week one. But, you know, it, it, they got it's a whole new offense, all new coaches, a lot of new players. This is the worst passing team there was last year. Uh, you know, I, for me, I mean, in a redraft league, I'd hold off on all of them. In fact, I don't think I have a single – I don't have a single bill on any team of mine, and I've had like 17 drafts. So I think that says something. There you go. I, I, I totally agree with David there. I think the only guy you might consider is Ellen, and that only in a dynasty format. Uh, the only reason you might take McCarron is if you're in a super flex format, and even then I would probably pass on him and just take a rookie that might get a start late in the season. Hey, I'm as late as late quarterback gets. McCarron's in the 18th, Allen's in the 16th, and I'm passing on those guys. So yeah, I do think though, you know, in a dynasty sense, this will be a better offense by next year. Yeah. It's a complicated offense that they're trying to put in. It's kind of like a the Patriots style thing they're gonna to try to put in there. And and Allen probably can do it. But man, this year you know, I'm not touching any of them. But by next year, they might surprise. Yeah, clown show this year, unfortunately. All right, yeah. let's go down to sunny Miami where Tannehill's back with his hundred and sixty eighth overall. So you can get him in the fourteenth round. Harley, you buying, selling, or you just kind of met on Mr. Tannehill? Uh, I, I'm not buying Tannehill. Uh, he's got a lot of wide receiver weapons to throw to this year, but uh, you know he's never been more than a wide re- a wide receiver, more than a quarterback three in most uh, leagues. So at that point, again, I'm going to rather take a shot on a rookie that might play later in the season than roster Tannehill at the back end of my roster. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Tannehill, you know, he has some kind of potential for like a year or two. It's, I don't I don't believe him anymore. I don't think he's the answer in Miami. At best, he'll be an average quarterback. You know, if you have him on your fantasy team, he'll cover a bye week and nothing more. Um, I don't, you know, and the problems they've had with some of the receivers there. It's funny that, you know, like Cutler came in and he had a few pretty decent games with these guys. But, you know, they're still relying on Devontae Parker, who I've given up on. Um, they just have a kind of a, a, a smattering of moderately talented at best guys. So, you know, Tannehill, you know, nah. In fact, most of the drafts I'm in, he's like one of the last guys taken, if not not taken at all. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. He's somebody that I'm not really even keen on as a late-round guy. But if I really, really got just skunked on everybody I wanted late, I don't have a problem with him. I mean, I bet he throws for 4,000-plus yards and – 22-ish touchdowns, but anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll take him before McCarron, but I'm not counting on 4,000 yards from him. Okay, I'll take the, I'll take the under. I'll take the. You under. guys are taking the under. Okay, let's let's make sure we get that written down. The next one's easy. We got Tom Brady, but here's the problem: it cost you a fifth round pick to draft him. Go. Uh, personally, I would not take him, and and for the reason that there's so many other quarterbacks, I think that are equal to his talent. And I'm sorry, at one year, he's going to be mortal. I, I don't know what year that's going to be. But, you know, the guy, he, he, if he gets hurt, I don't care who he goes to. His body's not going to heal as fast. It just, it just bothers me that he's not – he's playing so long. And, and playing at a high level, I'm not saying that he's not, but it's just I see a risk there that I'm not willing to take. Okay. Harley? We might have lost Harley. He might have froze up. He's talking, and he doesn't know that we can't hear him. I'll throw another curveball to you until he unfreezes. How's that, David? That's fine. Um, if, you, if, you're, if you are going to wind up drafting Brady that early, mm-hmm. is he one of the few guys that you try to handcuff in case something happens with Brian Hoyer as a last pick out of your draft? Because he's, he's free. Yeah, I, you know, no. I mean, I don't think Hoyer's – he won't step in to do, you know, an equal amount. It's not like a one-to-one kind of thing. And there's – unless you're playing in, like – 32 team leagues or something, there's always going to be somebody else out there better than, you know, Tom Brady's backup, in my opinion. I mean, I, the only guy I will ever do that with, and I have done this year, is um, is uh, with uh, uh, Carson Wentz. Wentz I will, Nick I, I've, I've, I've got Wentz in about, I don't know, six or eight best balls. And at the end, I always throw foals on the end in the 20th round because nobody else is going to take him. I just want to make sure I have a guy to cover him. That's the only time I'll do it. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too. Um, well, I, I totally agree with the take on Brady there. It's like at fifth round, I don't mind him as my top quarterback. But, again, I would just as soon wait another three rounds and get uh, a guy like a Matthew Stafford, someone who I think is going to have equal production to Brady at the end of the year. Yep, I agree. Are we are we just going to stay steer clear of the New York Jets to kind of like we are Buffalo? Is there any need to talk about McCown, Teddy, or Darnold? Well, no, I, I will say this. Darnold, he's looked better than I've expected so far. I don't know that he's going to be week one guy, but, you know, the Jets, you know, probably another deal where they'll probably be much better next year once they understand the offense. He's got a new, new offensive coordinator again this year. But, um, you know, I like Robbie Anderson, Kearse, Anunua. Pryor might still have something left in the tank. I, I, you know, I don't know. I probably wouldn't take him in a redraft league, but uh, Sam Darnold's kind of interesting me. I totally agree on Darnold uh, from a keeper league standpoint. And realistically, uh, assuming that McCown does start week one, 
I don't mind taking McCown at the end of the draft because for much of the reasons David said, he has a, quite an army of wide receivers to throw the ball to there. So, and you also picture that that team's going to be playing from behind a lot in a lot of their games. So he could get some average yards uh, and be, again, a bi-week fill in it, at least for your team. Okay. I mean, I get that. And I like Robbie Anderson a lot. So somebody's got to get the ball to him. But those guys, they're not going to be expensive. They cost you Darnold from the 15th round to McCown in the 17th. And Teddy's all the way in the 21st if you want to reach for him. So are you guys reaching for anybody in Baltimore with Flacco as a 15th round cost at 177? And Lamar Jackson, who's not even going to start, believe it or not, at 162, which is a 14 round. My guess is that ADP has some rookie drafts baked into it, though. I'm definitely buying Jackson for the future. I think he's got the potential to be a stud number one style quarterback in that offense going forward in years to come. But for this season, I want no part of any of those guys, at least in redraft. I would. I haven't wanted any part of Joe Flacco since he was a rookie. Uh, you know, it just he's one of those guys. I don't think I ever owed. Even when all my quarterbacks got hurt, I'd rather just not start any than go with Flacco because I'm afraid it's going to be negative points. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but Jackson, Jackson's the kind of guy. If I'm if I'm in a 20 round draft, I might throw him in the 20th round just for the heck of it. You never know. Flacco can get hurt. Different, you know, stranger things have happened. Jackson going to add in all those rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. You know, so yeah, he probably won't use him this year, but you know, there's a chance. If you want to just take a flyer in the 20th round, I have no problem with it. Yeah, because I mean, the large percentage of all 20th round picks wind up on the scrap heap anyway. So sure. Okay. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm avoiding that situation also, honestly. I've liked Flacco in the past at a cost, but not right now. Um, a guy I'm definitely steering clear of, Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. He's cheap, 14th round, 164th overall. What say you two? It's kind of the running joke on uh, the show here, how much I hate Cincinnati's offense. <laughs> I would try to avoid everyone from that except for A.J. Green. Uh, this year I might buy Joe Mixon, but uh, I, I just don't trust Andy Dalton. He, he always – tends to have that line of like 170 and one touchdown, which from a fantasy standpoint is just not acceptable. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Andy Dalton is sort of like, he's kind of like Joe Flacco wearing orange. I mean, it's just one of those guys, at worst you throw one on your roster, hope you never have to use them. But yeah, I have no, he had like one good year about three years ago, change coordinators never been the same. Yeah. I passed. Yeah, I just don't have I'm, – I'm like Harley. I just don't have a belief in that offense right now. If I had to buy Mixon, I'd do it begrudgingly. Um, move to Cleveland where we've got Tyrod and, and Baker Mayfield. Tyrod's costing you a 15th-round pick, Baker a 13th. Again, I think there's some rookie draft ADP that, that's baked in that's doing that. But are you guys buying either of those guys? I'll take them both. Uh, I've always liked Ty God, and I think that he's going to be effective in that offense. Same with Mayfield. I know they've got some issues at – who's actually starting at receiver, who's actually going to be active, who's going to be suspended and whatnot. But uh, whatever quarterback leads that offense is going to produce some numbers, and they're going to be playing from behind, so I assume they're going to be throwing the ball a lot too. So are you rostering them both, or are you making a decision that I'm going with one or the other? If if I'm rostering them, I'm rostering them both. Okay. What about you, David? For me, no, don't want Taylor, never wanted Taylor. He runs a lot, and that's pretty good. I will say this about Baker Mayfield. You know, I went to University of Texas. My son went to Oklahoma State. We both hate OU. <laughs> try as I, but try as I might, I can't help but like Baker Mayfield. The guy has just always got it done. He's been a walk-on to two different colleges, Heisman Trophy winner. He just wins everywhere he goes. I mean, I, I like the guy. I mean, I, I didn't want to like him, 
But everything I looked, I like him. So, you know, he's another guy. 19th, 20th round or something. I'll throw him on the roster. Sure, what the heck? If, if you're lucky enough to get in there, people are reaching for him a lot sooner than that. Yeah, he is going earlier now. He's in the preseason. People are seeing him. And he, he's looked pretty good, too. So, yeah. yeah. And then tonight? But, you know, I wouldn't want him for more than a QB3, personally. So, and then, of course, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Cleveland plays tonight. This is going, Our pod's going to be released Saturday. So, who knows what will happen between our recording and his performance and where what happens to his draft stock. Um, let's go to Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger, who – Suffered a concussion earlier this week in practice. Cost you a 10th rounder. He's 117 overall. So the apparent news that just came across Twitter is that it wasn't a concussion. It was just a head injury, and they put him in the concussion protocol, and that's why he was released so soon. Uh, You know what you're getting with Big Ben. You're getting quarterback one production in all of his home games, and you're getting quarterback 16 production in all of his road games. So it's like it's, it's hard to start him outside of home games and if you're going to have, if you're going to draft him at that point, you've got to draft another similar quarterback a couple rounds later. And I hate doing that. Yeah, you have to factor in too. He's going to miss one to three games every year as well from getting banged up. Um, you know, the one thing gets me. I, and I'm a guy who would take him I, tenth round. Yeah, I'd take him. Get Stafford, Rivers, whoever, somebody else is pretty good to pair with him. And, and you know, like I said, home games, he's on fire. And Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, I love both of those, obviously. James Washington, yep. I love James Washington. I, it broke my heart when they drafted him because I'm like, well, he'll never be more number three, at least for several years. But, um, you know, I, he's got three, in my opinion, three really good wide receivers. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love Roethlisberger. But, I, you know, reality, yeah, you have to get a river staff or somebody of that kind of quality to fill in all the gaps. He also has a pretty good back catching the ball out of the backfield for him, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, for me, he should fit that late-round quarterback that I like. The problem with him is that durability. I want to go with a guy like Stafford or somebody a little later that I feel a little more safe with that I don't have to worry, is he going to be out there because of how he plays on and off the road versus that health issue. So, um, a guy that I actually have to tell you that I bought that we're going to move into next. This is crazy. But Deshaun Watson, who is the number two overall quarterback, yes, Mr. Zero quarterback here, bought Deshaun Watson. Now, let me put a little asterisk. I'm using air quotes. It was an accident. I timed out on a four-hour timer, and it gave me the top-ranked player, which was Deshaun Watson. I'm still bitter about it, but that's beside the point. What are you guys doing with Watson? I love Watson. He's on my dynasty team, so, yeah, I – Watson is amazing. As a rookie, he was just amazing. When he went out in whatever it was, week seven, I, I think I cried. Um, exciting player, great passer, great runner. Has, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller was on fire when he played with him. Um, I like Watson, you know, and I, it depends on the league and the, on the scoring and a lot of different ca- things. But I'm the guy who's either I'm going to take an early quarterback like Watson or I'm going to lay back and I'll be the last guy to take a quarterback and the first guy to take a second quarterback. But I don't have any problem with taking Watson, although he's going to run what round three or four in most most leagues. Yeah, he's got a he's got a third round ADP number thirty six overall. And I think that's just about the right spot to take him at. I mean, if I get him at thirty six, I'm probably doing a opposite type format draft where I'm not going heavy on running back. Maybe I went wide receiver, wide receiver, or wide receiver tight end, and then took Watson, planning getting running backs late, which is not a not an optimum strategy this year. But if you're going to go that route, I think Watson is a great quarterback to fit with that path. 
So for what it's worth, I got him at 72 overall, right? Which so is a steal. Sixth, sixth round. Oh, my God. But no, here's the problem, though. Aaron Rodgers was the first quarterback off the board. He went 41st. So it yeah. still wasn't a great value in my eyes, and he was quarterback number two. So, yeah, like I said, I'm still bitter. You but. know, the pace that he had going last year would have resulted in 48 total touchdowns between, I think, six rushing and 42 passing, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, and that was a rookie who was just learning the NFL. That's true. And, and a rookie that, unfortunately, their head coach should have been fired for not starting and starting Tom Savage over him. But that's a whole other thing to talk about. Um Let's talk about the next guy I want to talk about is actually one of my favorite quarterbacks in the draft who I think is being undervalued, and it's understandable. But what about Andrew Luck? You guys worried about the injury? Is it is his cost depressed enough? Is it starting to rise too much? Where are you guys at with Luck? I think that his stock is starting to climb up to uh, – it, it's never going to quite reach that second-round ADP that he was a couple, three years ago. But he, his stock is starting to rise to the point where – I'm not super excited to draft him just because there are question marks still circulating. I I think that uh, next year in redraft, I'll be more comfortable buying him, particularly if he shows this year. But for the time being, I mean, the offensive line got better. So hopefully that means he can stay upright, but it's still Andrew Luck having not played quarterback in nearly a year and a half. True. And he's got a 77 ADP, which is seventh round, eighth quarterback overall. David, what about you? You know, same thing. Luck is he's rising in the drafts, um, and I think rightfully so. Once we've seen him, seen that he can still throw the ball. You know, I think though he's either going to be a steal or he's going to be a bust because he's by the time in a week or two he's going to rise higher and higher. Um, you know, Luck he, so far he looked pretty good um, in what little we've seen. But uh, my concern with him not only didn't throw for eighteen months, he comes back. And, you know, he's got a whole new set of coaches and scheme to learn. He's got some new players, some other players he played with that are gone. Um, offensive line is better, but it's still not great. Yeah, he, he, he could surprise. He could be another three guy this year, and everybody go, well, I guess we didn't see it coming. But, you know, it's not that hard to believe. Um, I'd hold off on him. I, I, just, I'm, I don't have a good enough feel for him yet where he's at. And he just has a lot of risk. It's not risk I'm willing to take because his value is rising in drafts. So I did draft him in the Scott Fishbowl, which, of course, drafted what about a month or so ago. I got him as quarterback 10. I was on the turn. He probably would have lasted another round, the round and a half, but I don't think he would have made it back to me. So I thought I got value on him. I'm hoping that we see the top five type passing, you know, Andrew Luck, but it is a question mark, and there's no guarantee. So I backed him up with one of the few handcuffs I would do in a league like that with Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. Interesting. But there, that's where everybody that's got the moniker quarterback next to him winds up on a roster. So you're not running to the waiver wire there. Um, right. Let's go to Jacksonville. Does Blake Bortles do it for any of you guys? Oh, I love Blake Bortles. I, I absolutely love uh, him. I've loved him for the last year and a half, uh, ever since I coined the term uh, Garbortledge time, which basically was the times when he would come into the game in the fourth quarter down by 21 points and throw two touchdowns to Marquise Lee or Ellen Hearns or whoever in the heck he had, Ellen Robinson two years ago. And he would always just rack up all this yardage late in the game. Now all of a sudden, the offense and their defense is pretty well balanced to the point where they don't have to play down 20 a game. And certainly the coaching staff likes to run the ball a lot there. But Bortles' schedule this year is absolutely absurdly easy against the pass. So where are you getting him? You're going to get, like, 
early quarterback two numbers, like number 13, 14 quarterback production. And he's costing you the price of a lot of quarterback threes. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's basically the 23rd overall quarterback being taken in the 13th round. And I love Blake Bortles. He is like the Rodney Dangerfield of fantasy football. Yes. You know, the last three years, he's never been worse than the 13th best quarterback in fantasy. And so, I mean, he's always my backup. He's on backup on probably at least half of my teams. And he does, like I said, he has a great schedule. My God, he's got he's got so many wide receivers. I can't even guess who, you know, the, the second or third wide receiver is going to be on that team. And it may constantly change as the season goes on. You know, the only concern I have with him is that defense is so good and the running game is good enough that, yeah, I mean, it could depress the passing. But, you know, Bortles has always played better than what people – he's always offered value in a fantasy draft. And a lot of people talk bad about him, which they don't understand, because he's not a bad quarterback. Um, like I said, he's always been no worse than 13, so he's always been kind of QB1 for the last three years. But nobody drafts him that way. He never costs you that much. No, he doesn't cost that much now. But somebody that's pushed up the draft board a little bit more, and he's higher than that, is Marcus Mariota, who's an 11th-round pick, 17th overall. I know clearly I don't like Mariota as much as Bortles from a fantasy production standpoint. What about you guys? You know, Mariota's a good quarterback. Uh, again, I think you're, he's being overdrafted right now because people see his running numbers from a couple of years ago. And, I mean, he gets you a few yards on the ground. He gets you a few touchdowns on the ground. But they also have a couple pretty good running backs who are going to get most of those yards and most of those touchdowns on the ground. And his wide receiver core is just kind of, eh, hem-ho. I mean, yeah. you've got uh, Corey Davis, who... Looked good at the second half of the year last year, but didn't do much the first half of the year as a rookie. You got Rashard Matthews in his mystery ailment. You've got uh, uh, Tajay Sharp. Uh, I believe Taiwan Taylor is still there. None of these guys really like makes you feel super excited. And now Delaney Walker has some sort of toe injury. We know he's had a history of toe injuries in the past. Uh, I think for what people are paying for Mariota, there's several other quarterbacks in that same range I like better. Okay. I would not own Mariota. I don't like him. Never have. He's been nothing but potential for three years. He's never delivered. Every year is going to be his breakout year, and it never seems to happen. Um, and like I said, they got a good running game. They prefer to run. Their defense should be a little bit better. Um, he's just, I don't know. He always gets drafted way before I would ever consider him. Okay. Um, we've got four quarterbacks to go to round out the AFC. Um, let's go Case Keenum in Denver, 14th round, 161st overall. He's actually a quarterback three with where he's being drafted. Either of you guys happy, not happy, buying, selling, meh? Well, if I was a Broncos fan, I'd be happy because he's not Trevor Simeon and he's not Paxton Lynch. Um, so I think he'll be better than what was there, and I think that'll help Jamarius Thompson, uh, Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Um, you know, is he better than average? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think so. But he might be average, and for the Broncos, that's an upgrade. Exactly, but uh, my only concern with him is that uh, how long into the season will it be before Denver's fans start cheering and chanting for Chad Kelly to get into the game? Could be. That's a good question. He's moved up to number two. Um, Patrick Mahomes, either of you guys buying on him or selling? or, or eh. He's got a 10th-round ADP, number 15 quarterback oh, overall. I don't mind him at 10th round. I thought you were going to say his ADP was much higher than that because it seems like there's a lot of hype train steam on, on Mahomes this year based on uh, – his arm and some of the weapons he has to work with in Kansas say there. Uh, I'm a wait and see type of guy on that. Obviously as a chief fan, I'm hoping he has a great season, but from a fantasy standpoint, 
Uh, much like with Mariota and some of those other 10th round type quarterbacks, I would rather get a guy like Stafford, who I know has a little bit more of a resume. Okay. Yeah, uh, for me, and this has nothing to do with the fact that um, he played high school football at my hometown. Um, I, I like him. He's a gunslinger. I love those kind of guys. He's going to light it up. He's everything that Alex Smith wasn't. So, I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to determine what is he going to do his first year. And, you know, he may have a lot of interceptions and stuff. I think he's an exciting guy. Yeah, he's, he's – I mean, I would never take him as a, a first quarterback. But as a backup quarterback, yeah, he's on several of my teams. I mean, he may light up Tyreek Hill. I mean, he, Hill is, like, so fast that if he can connect with him, it could be scary what he could do. Um, Sammy Watkins is a nice addition to them. They're actually getting Travis Kelsey. You know, they have a lot of things there now. And and so for me, yeah, I, backup quarterback, absolutely. But I, I'm pretty high on him. Okay, so before we move on, the one thing I'll say that my biggest, and maybe if it's not biggest, the second biggest concern with, the Kansas City offense is the defense. Just remember, that defense is not – it's a shell of what it used to be, and I wonder if it'll be able to get off the field to allow the offense to do what it needs to do. Going to have to throw. Moving – that's true. Moving to L.A. I won't call him San Diego this time, Harley. <laughs> Rivers, um, quarterback 13, so he's not a quarterback one, in the ninth round. Is he somebody you're buying? Because I know for me, he's somebody I'd buy as a zero quarterback kind of person. I'm all over Rivers. Again, this is weird that I like every quarterback in the AFC West except for Mahomes, it seems like. Uh, although I'll, I'll probably pursue Carr based on his draft point. But with Rivers, he is exactly what Mahomes isn't. He's a solid quarterback with a good receiver core, and he's got veteran experience where he's shown year in and year out that he's capable of producing big numbers, even as every single wide receiver around him gets hurt. I mean, he makes guys like Kamar Aiken and Travis Benjamin uh, fantasy worthy. So uh, you give him a full season of Mike Williams, a full season of Tyrell Williams, and a full season of Keenan Allen. Now, we know that's not going to happen, but if all three of those guys stay on the field, Rivers is going to be a very good value at ninth round. Absolutely. Philip Rivers in the last five years has never ranked worse than 10th. His problem is he's never ranked better than sixth. So he's always there in the back end. He's a QB1. He doesn't have, like, monster seasons, but he always has very good seasons. I love him. I wouldn't mind having him on every one of my teams. He's a solid, solid player. Okay. So now let's go. Let's round out the AFC. Let's go to Mr. Carr. See, I'm not going to even use his first name, so I can't screw it up. Carr, mm-hmm. who's a 12th-round pick, number 19 overall at quarterback. 19th overall? Yep. <laughs> you know, I – I, I might take him at that point. I guess he's going to be my quarterback too at that point. So uh, he's got weapons to throw to. I, I just, I've never liked Carr a whole lot. And I'm not sure that Gruden is going to make him a better passer there. I think that they're going to concentrate more on the running game and Carr might get taken out of his element a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, Carr is a guy that hasn't met his, hasn't met expectations. Um, I don't have him on any of my teams. He could have a good year. It's just, there's a lot of unknowns there. I mean, when you have a – your coach hasn't coached in 10 years, maybe he's he'll be great. Maybe he'll be out of date. I don't know. Um, and, and as far as the receivers go, you know, Amari Cooper, he's really you – know, the last 18 months or so, he's he's really not met expectations either. Um, maybe that will all change. But um, I'm I, for me, I don't, I don't take hard. I pass. 
All right, so that puts a wrap on the AFC quarterbacks. We're going to jump right into the NFC quarterbacks. And David, you being the the Dallas native, do we need to talk about Dak and his 11th round ADP? No, I'll tell you what, I live in Dallas. I followed the Cowboys for 40 years. I don't own Dak on any one of my teams. I don't like any of the receivers. One of them may step up, but um, and, and Dak Prescott will run the ball, but I'm not touching him. Far too many question marks there for me. Uh, again, at that position, I'd much rather get a guy like Stafford uh, or a guy like uh, Kirk Cousins even. I, I, I just I don't like Prescott's receiving core. I think they're going to be okay, but they're not good enough to make Prescott worthy of that pick. Okay. Um, let's go to New York with Eli, who seems to have a ton of skill players all being drafted very highly. You got a wide receiver who's generally one of the first three off the board. You've got a running back that's going in the top seven or eight. You've got a tight end who's going as tight end number four, but everybody seems to hate on Eli as the 28th quarterback in the 14th round. So he's technically a quarterback three at that point. I'm more than welcome, welcome to take him, but, uh, uh, he's one of those guys that you can you can get as your quarterback two in a super flex and be very, very happy with. If he's your quarterback three, I, I think I would rather use that quarterback three slot on one of the hot shot rookies. But he's not horrible, I guess, at that point. Yeah, you know, I, I, Manning, I want to believe in him, but the reality is he never runs the ball at all. Odell Beckham, yeah, he's really great. He'll post some good numbers. After that, Evan Ingram, he was just a product of a situation. Um, he's not going to be near as good. And the whole the bottom line, too, Barkley brings in the ability to rush the ball. They've never had that. They haven't had that literally in a decade. So um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, he can, he can fill some bye weeks. I wouldn't want to have to rely on him. A big thing with Manning, too, and, and this is just something you want to think about when you're playing him, is that if you're in a league that gives negative points for interceptions thrown for return touchdowns, he is one of the worst at that historically. He gives up at least five or six pick sixes each year and i mean that, that's like matt shabian level of, of ineptitude in terms of pick sixes so if you, if you get negative points in your league for that all the more reason to avoid manning but I, again i don't mind him as quarterback three yeah I, I don't hate him as much as you guys i think he makes a decent enough zero quarterback with some upside but i get it so now we go from manning who's a quarterback three to carson wentz in philadelphia who's quarterback four overall and he's probably he may not even start the season because he's coming back injured He's a fifth-round selection at 53 overall. Foles is basically free at 18, and he just got injured in the preseason game against the Patriots. And then you have the um, guy that's young, Sudfeld, there. What does the Philly situation say for you guys? Well, Carson Wentz is one of the very few of the higher-priced quarterbacks that I'm buying, buying, buying. I, I love that offense. I, I'm a little concerned about Elshon Jeffrey possibly missing the first few weeks. Uh, he sounds like he's going to start the year on Pup. But Wentz looked so darn good last year. He would have been the MVP if he had played the entire season last year. That's absolutely absurd that he's going to be. But again, you know, if I can get him uh, right after a guy like Rodgers and after a guy like Brady, right around the time that Breeze is going, like around four or five, I am all over Carson Wentz, and I want him on my team. I don't care if he's hurt. I don't care if he misses week one. I'll handcuff him with Nick Foles. Yeah, absolutely. I've done that, and I probably have them on at least six or eight teams. Every time I do, final round, grab Nick Foles, throw them on. That offense is so diverse. He runs it so well. Uh, if he hadn't got hurt, he'd probably he'd be in the conversation for the number one drafted uh, fantasy quarterback, if not number two, probably. Um, it's just a great offense. I'm all into him. I do like Foles. I think it's prudent to take him, but um, very, very high on wins. 
Okay. The injury concerns me a little bit with Foles. We don't really know much. That'll try, that should clear up in a day or so where we'll have more news. Um, with regards to the next stop in Washington and Alex Smith, new change of scenery for him, 20th overall quarterback, 12th round price tag. What do you guys see in Alex Smith? Oh, Alex Smith to me is the same guy he's always been, except for this one little magic year he had last year. He's always been kind of a game manager. He's never done that well. You go to Washington, he's not going to have as good of set of um, uh, of offensive players to use there. Um, he's just an average quarterback at best. I don't see the upside there. Um, and I think he's going to get overdrafted just based on what he did one year out of the whatever 15 that he's had. David hit the nail on the head there. Alex Smith is a system quarterback. Goes very, very good for one season in Kansas City there. He loved to throw the ball to Kelsey. Uh, he had a couple good weapons there in the receiving core. Uh, first Macklin and then uh, Tyreek Hill last year. But realistically, he's never going to be more than a 23-24 touchdown guy with about 2,800 to 3,000 yards for most part. And that just doesn't get me super excited unless I'm taking So Harley just froze on us, and I'm not sure what he wanted to say to, f- to finish up, but I'll say this. <coughs> but even me. then, he's got less to work with this year, and, and he's actually got a worse offensive line to play behind now. And that's how I wanted to finish up, I guess. Um, I like Alex Smith a little bit more so right now without Geis than I did with Geis. So what about when we go to Chicago where we've got the Bears on the uptick on the offensive side of the ball with Mitchell Trubisky, 12th round, 22nd overall. What are you guys doing there? Well, for me, I'm not buying him. I mean, I want to like Trubisky. I think the offense is going to be good in the long term. I mean, he hasn't looked that good this summer. They've kind of been disappointed with his interceptions and such, even in practices. Um, he has some tools there he didn't have last year. He went into Chicago last year, horrible situation. No shock that he had a bad year. Um, I hope it hasn't, you know, tinged the rest of his career with such a bad situation. But um, for me, you know, Trubisky, I want to like him. I don't like him. I like him long term. I don't like him this year. You know, I don't mind Mitchell Trubisky uh, if he's going to be drafted as a quarterback three or a very, very low quarterback two. That's but what he is. I, I feel like he's getting overdrafted this year. I think that his price tag is going up a little bit, and it really shouldn't yet. From a dynasty standpoint, sure, I'll grab him. But if you're in a redraft league, don't waste your time. Yeah, I'll say this. At 22, I'm surprised he's that high. I would think he'd have been more in that 28 to 30 range, honestly. So there is some value that's been sucked out of him. Um, But in Detroit, Matt Stafford, 96th overall, eighth round, basically, number 11 quarterback. He is the perfect zero quarterback and the guy that I'm landing when I have to target a quarterback after all this. everybody else has almost cleared up the position. Stafford is pretty much, he's the quarterback I own in every league, it seems like. I I absolutely love his opportunities there. He's consistently a 4,000-plus yard passer. Uh, He's got three great weapons to throw the ball to, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and now Kenny Galladay. I actually like TJ Jones even as a fourth receiver there. Uh, Great opportunity, uh, plays against the Minnesota defense, which is very good. Chicago's pass defense isn't that great. Their run defense is very good. The Packers' pass defense is awful. Uh, every year it's even more worse, so this year it's not going to be any different. Stafford, consistent 4,000 yards, consistent 30-plus touchdowns. What's not to like? Yeah, Stafford, he's kind of like Rivers. He's he's almost always going to give you top 10 numbers. They won't be top five numbers, but he always gets something between there. It's a, 
absolute serviceable QB1. Um, I love getting him. Okay. I'm going to make this one easy for us. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, probably the best quarterback in the league right now. Sorry, Brady. Um, likers, lovers, and haters, etc. But um, 25th overall makes him a second-round pick, number one quarterback off the board. He's, he's a great quarterback. Both of you would agree with that? Yes, yes? Yes, absolutely. He's not a quarterback you're drafting that early, though, correct? No. I have, I, I'm never going to have a share of Rodgers at that ADP. And neither right. should anybody else. The best thing about Rodgers is it lets another offensive piece slip to somebody else in the draft. That's all I like about him. We'll move on to Minnesota where we've got Kirk Cousins, number nine overall quarterback, seventh round, 77 ADP. That actually seems kind of high for Cousins, and I, I'm the Minnesota Rube here, so I got to like Cousins' uh, chances. He's got great weapons to work with. Uh, Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph, a lot of offensive potential. Delvin Cook coming out of the backfield. But that just seems a little bit high for a guy whose numbers look slightly inflated in Washington, probably because Washington was playing from behind all the time. In Minnesota, they're going to be able to diversify a little bit more at the running game. So he's going to be very good. He's probably still going to get you 3,800 yards and probably close to 30 touchdowns. But his numbers will seem slightly less than Stafford. And if you're getting Stafford at the same point, I'd rather have Stafford. Yeah, I agree. He's getting drafted like he's still at Washington, and he's not. He's in a team that has a great defense, a very good rush offense. He's just not going to need to throw as much. Good quarterback. He can get it done when he needs to, but he's just not going to need to as much. And you say good quarterback. I do know that the people at Washington, and I'm talking inside the brain trust there, system quarterback. Anyway, um, down to another system that seems to have failed somebody last year. Can he rebound? Matt Ryan in Atlanta, 10th round pick, 14th quarterback off the board. I actually like that value from a zero quarterback standpoint. He may not be somebody that puts huge games up, but I think he'll put consistent, solid numbers when you wait on a quarterback. So, you know what? Last year was a perfect example of a quarterback and a new offensive coordinator not meshing well. Steve Sarkeesian came in there, and he completely disrupted their offensive flow uh, Matt Ryan looked lost at times last year, several games that he had where he only produced one touchdown or fewer. And that's not what you would expect from a guy who had been consistently 3,500, 3,600 yards passing with right around 28 to 30 touchdowns. Now, some of it was because he suffered some injuries to his offensive line. He had an injury to Devonta Freeman took away from his offense a little bit, but you know, second year, maybe they will be more on page with each other. But I'm not trusting that, at least at the point where you have to pay to draft him. I agree. I'm not. I, I'm not taking Matt Ryan. I mean, I, I loved him. He did. He was like the number three best quarterback two years ago. But as soon as um, Shanahan left, he took apparently the keys to the car with him, because that offense just took a really significant step down. Um, he ended up with, uh, but his yardage wasn't hurt nearly as much as his touchdowns. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm leaving him alone. He still has a name and he's getting drafted on the name, but somebody's going to want him more than I do. Fair enough. Cam Newton, another one of those highly drafted guys, 58th overall, fifth round call, six, number six quarterback. He's somebody I've seen fall enough that at times I'm like, should, nah, I can't do it. That's not me. I don't like quarterbacks, but what about you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, Norv Turner coming in, he's typically has nothing but pocket quarterbacks. And that's just not what Newton is. I don't think, obviously, he's not going to expect Newton to stand still in the pocket. And Newton's going to be allowed to run. But um, I, don't, I don't see Newton being anything more than he is. Um, their offensive line's not doing as well. Um, the, uh, his receivers, he's just, other than that one year, um, he hasn't thrown the ball as well. 
Um, but and he does boot, he helps himself with all those rushing touchdowns and uh, rushing yards. But you know, for me, I haven't touched him. He just somebody wants him more than me. You know, and I think that Cam Newton is getting overdrafted based on one huge season of rushing yards. He had one season where he approached 800 yards, I think it was, had seven or eight touchdowns. For the most part, though, Cam Newton has been a four or five touchdown guy. And you know what? I think those touchdowns are going to have been going down each year. And with C.J. Anderson in the mix this year to get goal line carries, I think that's going to further take away from Newton's uh, carries at the goal line. You might still see a few Superman dives, but... I'm not taking Newton that high. I mean, who is he throwing to? His top receiver is Devin Funchess. He, he's got uh, you know, a Curtis Samuel there. It does not excite me at all. Uh, Greg Olson and C.J. McCaffrey are the only two receivers that I really trust in that offense. Okay, so I want to skip New Orleans. New Orleans is next, but I want to skip them. We'll come back to them, okay? Um, and there's a reason for that. Let's move to Tampa Bay where we've got Winston who's suspended to start the year. He's a 12th round pick, 21st overall quarterback. And then you got Fitzmagic who's a 19th round pick. Go. Well, Winston has always just performed okay. Same with Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is a great guy to play when you need a substitute for one week. Uh, he's actually a better NFL quarterback than a fantasy quarterback. And I think we're starting to learn that Jameis Winston's kind of the same way. Winston has a few weapons to throw to. But he's had so many games in his career where he's thrown for 170 and one touchdown, and that's just not requisite of a quarterback one. If I can get him as my quarterback two, I don't mind him, but I, I think that people are drafting him as a quarterback one. Yeah, I think with Winston is, to me, I, I want him to be better than he has. The first-round quarterback came in with all the expectations. He does occasionally turn in some really good games. Like you said, he turns in some clunkers as well. Um, I'm just not sold on him. I, I want to be so bad, but and he does have some pretty good receivers. But, you know, even with a suspension, he's still being drafted early for my taste. I would agree with that, actually. So let's move to Arizona, where we have Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen. So you've got a rookie who's going off the board as quarterback 30, and Bradford is 34. I believe ADP probably has some rookie draft baked into it to push Rosen higher, but maybe not. Um, where do you guys sit on Rosen and Bradford? You're not going to bring up Mike Lennon? <laughs> no. You know, I, I <laughs> Bradford is so brittle, and that offensive line is starting to look like Swiss cheese. Uh, I, I don't want anything to do with any part of that offense right now. I mean, in a dynasty league, sure, I'll grab Rosen, but that's about it. Yeah, I wouldn't touch any of them. I don't own a single Cardinal on any of, like, 17 teams I've drafted so far. Um, I don't even take David Johnson because I'm afraid of the offensive line. And the receivers there, Larry Fitzgerald's older than dirt. There's nobody else really notable there. Uh, changing offenses, I don't want any part of it. I'll just leave it alone. I totally agree. Okay, let's move to the Rams. Jared Goff, he's quarterback 12, eighth round, 96th overall. He did great for teams um, down the stretch last year. I know he helped me to my flex championship. What do you guys talk? Why don't you guys tell me what you think of Jared Goff? That sounds like a perfect place for Jared Goff. I mean, if I can get him as my quarterback one that late when everyone else has already taken their quarterback one, perfect. Look at the weapons he has to throw to. have to deal with weather in hardly any of his games because he's got San Francisco, maybe some win there. Arizona, never a problem there. Rams playing Los Angeles, not going to have any weather issues there. Seattle, Dome Stadium, no weather issues there. Uh, Brandon Cooks, he's got Cooper Cup. 
He's got Robert Woods. He's got Todd Gurley out of the backfield. He's got the two young tight ends, Higby and Everett. What's that to like about Goff as your first quarterback when he's the last quarterback taken first? I agree. I mean, Goff, the, he's sort of like Wentz. He's not Wentz by any means, but in the sense that he can spread the ball around really, really well. He's reading the entire field. He's not just relying on one or two guys. Um, you know, his, his only downside is Gurley is so good that he can probably depresses a little bit. And their defense is going to be better this year as well. So, but still, I like golf. I have no problem, particularly um, I'm one of those guys like to pick up two or three quarterbacks in the middle of the round, middle of the draft. I have no problem having golf. Okay. So we can run back to um, New Orleans now with Drew Brees. I was running some numbers and that's why I tried to just delay it a little bit. Drew Brees, number seven overall quarterback, 73 overall, ADP-wise, seventh round. You guys go ahead and talk Brees, and then I'll jump in at the end. Well, so you know with Brees, it would really be nice if someone in the NFL offices would schedule something so that uh, the days that uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh is on the road, Drew Brees is at home, so you could roster both of them and, and play them. I mean, Brees, much like Roethlisberger, has been historically – absurdly good at home and absurdly mediocre on the road. Well, it's only been highlighted even more the last two years now as they've started to get away from their extreme passing tendencies and starting to run the ball more, obviously, last year with Ingram and Kamara there. I think that's only going to drop off even further this year because Breeze is one year older and the running backs have one more year under their belts too. Yeah, you know, Breeze, I think, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever play the game. He's 39 years old. He's going to be turning 40. Uh, it was amazing how quickly the Saints changed the way they played once they had that good offensive line and two good running backs. So Brady's, yeah, he can do it in any game. Um, he's set so many records that I think he's got five of the top uh, five of the top ten um, season uh, yardage totals. But uh, for me, you know, he's always going to get drafted earlier than he needs to be because of his name. But that offense is just not the same. He's not the same. Okay, so this is where I want to jump in. One, I don't like Breeze at his value. And here's what I wanted to tell you. David, you kind of hit on it. There have been nine seasons where a quarterback has thrown for 5,000 or more yards in NFL history. Drew Breeze owns five of them. Okay? Now, going into 2008, I'm sorry, 2017 last year, Breeze had totaled over the previous nine years, 4,4922 yards, which was an average of 4,991.33. Last year, if he could have thrown for 5,078 yards, he would have gone a decade averaging 5,000 passing yards per year. That's just insane. But guess what? We know what happened. The scheme changed last year. He threw for 4,300 yards. He's a pass for me. Well, remember, Drew Brees is too short to play in the NFL. Yes, and so is Baker Mayfield. I'm not saying he's Drew Brees, but anyway. Okay, so we got two to finish up here. Jimmy GQ down there in San Francisco, quarterback 10, seventh round, 83 overall ADP. I think he's being overdrafted. I mean, it's an overreaction to a handful of games at the end of the season. Nobody had any tape on him. Nobody had any expectations. He still didn't throw that many touchdowns. He did throw for a lot of yardage, and, and, and I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good quarterback, but the reality is he's just now starting his NFL career in earnest, and um, 
to, to draft him as a QB1 based on the four or five games he had, I, I just think that's way optimistic. I'd love to have him as my second quarterback, but unfortunately somebody's always going to take him in the first, as their QB1. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there on Garoppolo. Uh, you look at it, he had five great games. There's, there's no denying that. But you know what? If you look back in time, how about a guy like Matt Flynn? He had one great game. A guy like Mike Glennon, he had four great games. And they both got signed to ridiculous contracts, and they both did nothing afterwards. Now, Garoppolo, I think, has more talent than either of those two guys. But that's still not going to encourage me to take him as my quarterback one, particularly not ahead of guys like Stafford and, and even Goff. I mean, going ahead of Goff? Come on. Okay. So, yeah, I don't like him at that value, honestly, either. We're going to finish up now, quarterbacks, with Seattle. I'm not a big fan of that offense this year. I can't stand Russell at his number three overall quarterback value in the fourth round, 43rd pick overall. What do you guys feel about that? I, I, I wouldn't. Personally, I wouldn't touch him. I mean, I think he's a great quarterback, obviously the best quarterback in fantasy last year, and, and he'll still do well. It's just the situation there's changed somewhat. They have a new offense. He has a new offensive coordinator for the first time, I think, in his career. Um, the offensive line is still bad. Rashad Penny got hurt. Um, I just I just can't see how, you know, Jimmy Graham, his, his safety blanket is gone. Um, the, and worse yet, you know, that defense is not going to be near as good this year as it was last year. So it's just a whole different situation, a whole different team. So, I mean, Wilson's going to go early because he was the number one guy last year. I'm not saying he doesn't have any value. He does because he runs the ball. And he is a good passer, but I think he's being overdrafted. Completely, 100% agree. I think he's being overdrafted. Yeah, he's going to produce good fantasy numbers, but it's just not going to be enough to represent going as early as he is. Well, that's going to wrap us up on our tight end. I mean, our quarterbacks. Now we're going to move into tight ends, and we're going to start in Buffalo with Charles Clay, 14th round, 17th overall. Quick, easy. Are you guys drafting him or not drafting him? Love him as my second tight end. I I can live with him as my first tight end as long as I got rich on every other position. Um, Clay, he's a good. He's never great. He's never bad. Uh, I think that's the exact way to put him. He makes a great tight end, too. Uh, but most of the time with Charles Clay, he's the guy who someone picks up to play on their bye week and then cuts him the next week. So draft one one tight end. Don't draft a second tight end. Just wait till someone drops Clay and pick him up for your bye week. Okay. Miami, rookie, Gusecki, 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 whatever, Penn State guy, uh, 14th round ADP. The first round rookie tight ends, uh, it's more going to be like Gusecki than Gusecki this year. I, I don't trust first round rookie tight ends, with the possible exception of a couple we might talk about a little later. Yeah, I, I, I'm not touched. I, I never get a rookie tight end. We could talk about this next guy a lot, but there's no reason to because I'm sorry. I don't care how great Rob Gronkowski is costing a 24th overall pick, which puts him right there at the fir- end of the first, beginning of the second round as number one tight end. I don't want any parts of it. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want any parts of it. I'm willing to take Gronkowski. If I can get him in the third round, I'm willing to take him in the second round, as long as it's the second half of the second round, for the mere reason that if he stays healthy, he's never worse than the number two tight end, and usually is the number one tight end. He offers a huge advantage at a position which doesn't offer many advantages. Um I don't have a problem with the, the difference between him and the rest of the field is big enough that I'm willing to take that 
Um, I know I can make up on running backs. I know later on I can make up on wide receivers. But if I don't get a good tight end, I can't make that up later. And if I get Gronkowski, I have a distinct advantage. Well, I think this is where me and David do differ a little bit. I, For the most part, I tend to look at those tight ends in like the – the tight end eight, tight end nine, tight end 10, and kind of mix and match from that standpoint. If I'm going to get an early tight end, a first two or three rounder, I'm going to get Kelsey over Gronk just because of the injury history. Fair enough. Um, we're going to skip the Jets because there's nothing in the Jets worth talking about for redraft this year. In Baltimore, you've got another rookie, Hurst, um, 14th round, 80 piece, 18 overall. Is he somebody you guys are buying? You know, I, I kind of liked what we saw of Hurst in the uh, first game there with uh, Lamar Jackson throwing the touchdown to him. Uh, he's obviously built big, uh, and a lot of people talk about basketball players turned football tight ends. Uh, it's a little different story with Hurst. Hurst is actually a baseball player that turned into a NFL tight end. And he, it looks like the type of guy, I've seen people talk online that they think he's going to score eight touchdowns this year. Now, he very well might score eight touchdowns this year, but tight ends typically don't do a whole lot in their first year. However, if he gets you eight touchdowns, he might only have 15 catches this year because that's kind of what Baltimore does. They've got a lot of weapons to throw to there. They've got Max Williams still. They have Nick Boyle. They have the other rookie tight end they drafted, Mark Andrews. Uh, I'm, I'm holding my horses on Hurst a little bit, but from a purely touchdown-only standpoint, I like his upside, and I'm definitely buying him in Dynasty. I'd be willing to take him on a dicey pick. I wouldn't touch him. Not, I wouldn't take any rookie tight end other than one we're going to talk later on. But, um, you know, first, no, nah, I don't want him. Okay. So, Cincinnati, are we willing to take a chance on the always injured Eifert, who's got a 13th round ADP? Or are you going to look at Croft with his 21st? Or are you just going to avoid the situation, gentlemen? I would take Croft late. I wouldn't touch Eifert. Eifert hasn't stayed healthy um, in years. I. He's really good when he is there, but he's only played 10 games in the last two years. He's not going to be there when you need him. Um, it's a shame because, like I said, he's very good, but he has that back problem and it just keeps coming up. So Croft, you know, Croft ended up, I think, with eight touchdowns last year. He's a decent guy to throw on the back of your roster if you have a deep roster and you're going to need a, a, a tight end two or tight end three. But, no, I wouldn't touch Eifert. So, for me, these are three guys that, you really can't trust which one's going to be on the field from week to week. Eifert was hurt last year. Croft was hurt part of the year last year. Ozuma actually filled in and did fairly well when he played last year. So these are the type of guys that I look for from a DFS standpoint. These are guys that I will identify weekly. If you tune into the huddle.com, watch the Daily Dominator every week where I talk about players each position that you should start in your daily fantasy teams. Uh, periodically, we'll bring up a sleeper like Ozuma who might just score for you that weekend. He did score for me a couple times last week when I last year when I plugged him in. Okay, so now Cleveland, David and Joku, the sophomore, tenth round ADP, eleventh overall oh. quarterback. How much are you guys eating that up? I, I I totally love Njoku. I got so many shares of him last year as a rookie in dynasty formats, and those dynasty shares are going to come home to roost this year. I really think that by the end of the season. I would not be surprised if Njoku finishes as the number three overall tight end in terms of scoring. He caught touchdowns from both Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield in their first game, and he's just built to be a box around the end zone. He kind of looks a little bit like an undersized Jimmy Graham, and his hands are better than Jimmy Graham's. So I think that Njoku has nothing but upside, and if you get him in Dynasty, oh, you're just looking forward to five or six years of just gorgeous results. 
Yeah, I, I skipped Njoku last year because I don't like uh, the tight ends when they're rookies. Um, I was not as high on him to start the year because I thought the Browns had a, a number of, of viable receivers. That seems to be less the case as the year goes on. Um, Njoku has looked undeniably very good playing with both quarterbacks. He's raised in the rankings. I don't have a problem with him as a, a late tight end one. And like I said, he's got as much upside probably as anybody. Okay. Um, in Pittsburgh, no more Jesse James. We got Vance McDonald, 24th tight end off the board in round 15. Anything interest you there? Nothing. I don't, the, the tight end just doesn't really matter. Pittsburgh, as far as I'm concerned, he may have some, some value along the way, but it's not going to be consistent enough to interest me. There's, there's no difference making there for sure. He's a tight end too, for me. He's also a great uh, fill in for daily fantasy on a weekly basis uh, in the proper matchups. Pittsburgh, uh, faces Cleveland and Cincinnati, who have both been rotten against tight ends in the past. So I'll take a shot on him maybe as a tight end, too. Yeah, the thing, one more thing to consider with the Steelers. I love the fact they have the rookie James Washington. He's looked very impressive. That'll put him into more three-wide sets, and they're going to rely on the tight ends probably less than they did before, which wasn't that much. Yep. Okay, so now Houston, we can skip Houston. I know you could probably want to talk about Ryan Griffin or Steven Anderson, but I really don't no, see uh, any no. reason to do so. <laughs> Let's go to Indy and talk about Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Doyle is coming off the board as, quarter, as tight end 12 in the 10th round. Ebron, tight end 21 in the 15th. Well, you know what they say. If, they, if you've got two quarterbacks, you really don't have a quarterback. It's the same thing at tight ends. If you have two tight ends, you really don't have a tight end. Now, obviously, Andrew Luck historically has used two tight ends before and made each of them slightly fantasy-relevant. I think back to Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, both being productive in their offense. But realistically, I, I've got questions on that offense, and I've got questions on both of them as talent. I agree. It's a different offense that they're coming back to. We don't know for sure how good Luck is going to be. Assumingly, he'll be just as good. But you know, I'm a little bit more worried about the play calling under the new offense. Um, I like Ebron. I think I'm not convinced which one is going to be the number one tight end. But I think Ebron has some um, some amount of talent. And I, I think that Jack Doyle is more just like the guy who's there and he's just the benefit of being in a system that used the tight end a lot. So, you know, if I had to pick one myself, and I have, um, i take Eric Ebron later. Yeah, I'm with you. I like Ebron because of a value standpoint and beyond T.Y. Hilton, I'm not sure who else they're really going to be able to throw the ball to. So I think they could possibly sustain two tight ends, but I still think that based on the value part of it, I like Ebron much more than Doyle. Um, down in Jacksonville, ASJ, um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, number 20 on the tight end list and 15th round. Buying, selling, or just eh? You know, uh, I would take him as my tight end too if I'm rostering two tight ends, which I usually don't do. Uh, the hype train seems a little high, though, on him right now. A lot of people, I, I already mentioned that I like the Jacksonville offense. There's just a lot of cooks to go around there, and I don't know how many shares will be left for Austin Sperry and Jenkins. Uh, obviously, he goes to a better situation than he had when he was with the Jets. So, again, tight end two, maybe bye week fill-in, but not much else for me on him. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, he, he, he's a good fill-in. Um, there's five wide receivers there that all have a lot of potential. Uh, there's just too much there to try to decipher which one – if any, are going to stand out. That's my biggest problem is there's just so many pass catchers on the wide receiver side that it's going to be hard for me to see him return good value. As far as Denver, um, we really don't need to talk about it because but there's nobody there to talk about. 
Yes, that's my little lame joke about Jake Butt. Um, but let's go to KC and Mr. Kelsey, who's the number two overall tight end, comes off the board, pick 27, third round. Um, I love Kelsey. Love him. I just don't know that I can reach for him at that spot. He is probably the one tight end one that I'm reaching up for. And you know what? If I'm getting Travis Kelsey, I'm probably getting him at like 3-1, 3-2, 3-3, somewhere in there. And what that means is that in round one, I got a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell. And round two, I probably got a high-end receiver like a Devontae Adams or an A.J. Green. So at this point, I'm, I'm taking a top tight end. So I have that nice balance, top running back, top wide receiver, top tight end. And then building the rest of my depth around them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against Kelsey. Granted, he has a new quarterback, and, and that could be material to what he does. But the guy's been 1,000 yards the last couple of years. Um, he's just been a beast. He's, that offense is built um, largely around him. They're going to have a more wide a couple good wide receivers here. But I think that um, Kelsey's probably as low risk as you could get. Okay. Now, before we go too much further in the AFC West, I, I would be amiss if I didn't mention that we skipped Tennessee in the South. I know I skipped them. I got them on my list. I squeezed them in because I forgot about them. Uh, Delaney Walker, who suffered a toe injury in practice, number seven tight end, seventh round. Is he somebody that you guys are buying? I'm not buying him. I mean, he, he you know, it's amazing how well he's done. He's 34 years old. Um, he's still productive. I don't know. It's kind of disappointed that Tennessee offense couldn't get away from him because they won't throw to their wide receivers. But, you know, yet again, they're going to have a new offense. So we'll see what's going to transpire with that. Um, you know, his yard per catch is down. He only had like 10.9 last year. Only caught three touchdowns. I think time is finally taking a toll on him. Um, he's getting draft. He's getting overdrafted because of his name. And you know what? So last year I was actually kind of high on Janu Smith as, as another rookie tight end I took a shot on in Dynasty. So what happens? Of course, they go and give Delaney Walker an extension this year. Uh, and what happens then immediately after getting his extension? He hurts his toe again. Now, toe injury, yeah, that's not going to be a big factor, right? Except for Delaney Walker has a history of toe injuries. And what this means is that he's missed time due to those toe injuries in the past. Now, yes, people are going to draft him, but they're going to draft him based on his name. He's always been a reasonably good PPR tight end. This usually catches 60 or 70 passes, which is top 10 usually every season. But like uh, David said, his yardage continues to go down. His touchdowns continue to go down. Let someone else draft Walker and deal with the toe all season. So here's the thing. What was great about Delaney Walker was that he was somebody that people just looked past before he was a name. And he had great value, and he would turn in great seasons. I think that's long gone in its history, and when you add all that up, he's somebody I'm passing on. Um, San Diego, I'm sorry, I did it, I did it, I did it. Chargers, nothing to talk about there, right? We don't want to talk about Virgil Green, the chance of Gates coming back or anything like that. No, it's just sad. It's just sad. Okay. I'll, I'll take Gates with my last pick. That's about it. In a very deep league, like Scott Fishbowl, like I know you did there. Um, let's wrap up the AFC with Jared Cook in Oakland with John Gruden. 15th round, 23rd overall tight end. If Aaron Rodgers couldn't do anything with him, do we think he can do something in Oakland? That's exactly my take there. Aaron Rodgers, elite quarterback, couldn't get Jared Cook the ball consistently because Jared Cook is just not a consistent tight end. Uh, Derek Carr is not going to be any better. I mean, Cook, I, I wouldn't even roster him as a tight end too just because you're wasting a roster spot at that point. Let someone else draft him. Let them cut him after four or five weeks and then pick him up as your bye week if you want, really, really want to start him. 
Yeah, agreed. I mean, he's he's he hasn't got it done there. It's a new offense, so there's even more risk involved in taking him. Yep. Okay, so that wraps up the AFC tight ends. We're going to move to the NFC tight ends. We're going to start in Dallas. And David, you're the you're the one that lives in Dallas. So do we even need to talk about the um, tight end position there? No, I wouldn't. I mean, if I had to, if you put a gun to my head, I would take Blake Jarwin. But there's no gun to my head, so I'm not taking any Dallas tight end. It would be hard. It'd be hard enough to figure out who's going to be the number one guy there, and, and no matter who it is, it's probably not going to be fantasy relevant. You know, I, I totally agree, uh, Dave. Uh, I want to thank you for being on here, but I actually have to take off here shortly. So, well, if you have to take off Harley Witz because it's your birthday and you're going out to dinner, and you know what, have a good one. Throw one back for us. Good talking to you. And and here's the thing. Here's what people don't understand. I'm going to do this real fast, Harley. My computer crashed while we were recording. We had two tight ends left. We were down to George Kittle and Vanette, and it crashed, and we lost 90 minutes worth of recording. We had to go back. Derek Carr was the last one that we talked about. We had to re-record everything since then, and that's why Harley can't finish up with us. So, Harley, I'm sorry about that, but have a good birthday. Enjoy your dinner, and we'll catch up on Monday when we do our next episode. Everyone take Nick Vanette with your last pick. You won't be disappointed. (laughs) <laughs> there you go well, there you go David it's just going to be you and I to wrap it up let's go to New Sounds York great. let's go to New York and talk about Evan Ingram number four overall tight end fifth round 56 overall ADP what are you doing with him I'm staying far away from him. I'll put it this way I'll never be able to reach him somebody will always take him early it was a unique situation in New York last year everybody got hurt there was nobody left to throw to. He got 115 targets as a rookie. He still only caught 64 of them. Um, his situation has changed this year. They got a running back. They got a rushing game. All the receivers are back. I'm not saying he's not a good tight end, but he will regress this year. I agree. I like him as a per, as a player, but I do not like his value at all this year. I think he's set up to really disappoint his owners. Um, let's move down to Philadelphia, where we've got two tight ends we could talk about. Zach Ertz. Uh. Zach Ertz, who is the number three overall tight end coming off the board in the third round, 36th pick. He was a league winner last year. I got him late. He helped me to my flex championship. Um, where are you on Ertz? Ertz, I like Ertz. I, he's definitely top five. Um, consistently used, delivers good numbers. Um, had, what, eight touchdowns. Uh, there's not that much. I mean, Ertz is one of the new elite tight ends in the league. Um, and it's all been spawned by Carson Wentz. So, but the one that kills me yeah. is that my favorite tight end in the draft, the one guy that I was literally praying that the Cowboys would take, was Dallas Goder. I think the guy could have been lights out as the number one tight end on any team. But instead, the Eagles moved up one step ahead of the Cowboys and stole him so that he'll be their tight end too. Now, I think he still can offer value. He's great in the end zone. He's good at catching touchdowns. Unbelievable hands on this guy. Um, I've still taken him as – I love him as a tight end three. I, I might take him as a tight end two. Um, we saw in the last preseason game what he could do. But it just broke my heart because literally if he had gone to like the Cowboys who needed a tight end so bad, um, you know, he could have been a star as a rookie. But as it stands, he's got to wait at least three years for Ertz's contract to – to expire before he has a chance of being a tight end one. But I think he's a he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. It's the only time I would take a second tight end from the same team. 
Here's what I'm going to tell you. One, I hate to correct you, but you said that the Eagles jumped ahead of the Cowboys. That would be the Super Bowl champion. Eagles jumped ahead of the Cowboys. Look, I love I love Goddard also. He's number hate 20. The Eagles. He, yeah, I know. Um, I hate the Eagles. He's the number 27 overall tight end. Here's what I see in him. If you feel so good about your team and it's deep enough that you can stash a tight end, which sounds crazy, if anything happens to Zach Ertz, Dallas Goder is a league winner. He will be that big. So that's what I think about him. Um, go down to Washington where you're going to find somebody that's not very healthy very often and a guy that's at the waning end of his career. Um, you got Jordan Reed, ninth round, number 10 overall. Vernon Davis, 19th round, 32 overall. What are you doing with these guys? Not touching them. I, I, I take it back. I'll take Vernon Davis at the end of my draft as a guy that I may keep, I may throw back, you know, to go get another free agent or something. Jordan Reed wouldn't touch him. Undeniable, very talented, in the right situation, um, when he's healthy, but he's never healthy. I mean, he only played six games last year, missed four games um, the year before that. He's never played 16 games in five years. Um, and I, I want a guy I can rely on. I don't want a guy that's not going to be there. Last year, he played for six games, only scored in one of them. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I... I Jordan Reed gets drafted too early because of his name, um, because he did have one good year. But other than that, I'm not testing. So here's how I look at it. I think it's a two-headed monster. If you are going to invest in Reed that high, you have to invest in Vernon as a handcuff. And I don't know that I want to do that with my tight end position. Um, Cause that's the only way that you're going to guarantee yourself that you're going to get production. And then even Reed's production is different than Vernon. So it's just, it's a mess. I probably stay away from honestly. Um, in Chicago, Trey Burton goes from the Philly Special and the world champion Eagles to being drafted as the number nine overall tight end in the eighth round. What do you think of Mr. Burton? You know, I think that's probably appropriate. Um, I think I have him ranked 10. Burton, he goes into a good – he's a good tight end. I'm not saying he's a great tight end, but he's definitely a good tight end. And he's going to a team that should be relying on the position – um, you know, Matt Nagy's installing that offense out of Kansas City. They love the tight ends. Um, I'm not as high on him for this year. I think Mitchell Trubisky's got to get his feet under him better. Had a bad opening year. Um, but, you know, I, I think he will be a good tight end. He's not going to be a great one this year. But if you waited and there's only like eight or nine of them gone, I, I think he's perfectly adequate. Okay, I'm a little worried about what, you know, second-year tight end Shaheen could mean for him. I think he's being a little overdrafted, but I get it. And he's, he's in the mold of what you see at tight ends now, the athletic guy that can run. Is he really a tight end, or is he actually a wide receiver playing tight end? So I get it. Um, in Detroit, I know if Harley was here, he'd want to talk about Luke Wilson. I don't. I don't think you do. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't touch Luke Wilson. Okay. Um, as far as next up, in Green Bay, we get Jimmy Graham moving from Seattle to playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the league ever um, in Aaron Rodgers. Number five overall tight end, sixth round, 66th overall ADP. I'm drafting Jimmy. I know there are a lot of people out there that it's either one side or the other. They love him or they hate him. I think he's got a good value because he presents enough upside. My mantra going into this year is that I want a top six tight end because I feel that there's an advantage to owning a top six tight end an advantage that's hard to make up if you don't get one. That means I have ended up with Jimmy Graham on more of my teams than any tight end there is. Um, I love Graham and Green Bay. Green Bay has got 
they're going back to Joe Philbin. When Philbin was there before, um, he used to pass to the uh, tight ends. Uh, Graham comes off a 10-touchdown game uh, season um, in Seattle. You know, they have uh, Jordy Nelson gone. They got all that production that needs to go somewhere. I mean, and you just saw it. I mean, what was it, last night that um, Graham caught a touchdown? Um, I'm all over it. I mean, you can give him, like I said, about the fifth tight end taken. And I think he has absolutely the potential for top three numbers. Yeah, I do too. I, I like him. He's one of my favorite targets. Um, in Minnesota, we've got Kyle Rudolph, number eight tight end, seventh round, 78th pick. What do you think about Kyle? Yeah, Rudolph, I think he's top 10. I don't think he's top five. He's, he's another one of those guys. Good guy to get, solid player. He's yeah. not going to hurt you, but he's not going to win games for you either. That's how I see him. He's not somebody that's a difference maker. He's safe. Right. He's solid. If you didn't want to reach for somebody early and you just want to get that kind of production and pencil it in, he's perfect for that. Atlanta, there's really no need to talk about Austin Hooper. Tony Gonzalez is gone. People don't right. just step in and fill those types of shoes. Long gone. How about Greg Olson? Is he going to be able to fill his own shoes after coming back from an injury March season? Yeah, he should. Uh, I have not gotten. I have not taken him on any team, but I mean, I understand why people want to take him, and I have him ranked top five. I mean, the guy has been. He had a thousand yards three years in a row um, until he got hurt last year. Um, you know, he is thirty-three, so that's a little concerning. Um, but it's just in an offense that is going to throw the ball. The fact that um, North Turner's coming in doesn't hurt at all. So, I mean, I think he's a safe bet. I mean, he'll absolutely be top 10, definitely could be top five. Okay. So he's the number six quarter, six tight end overall right now, and he's coming off and board in the sixth round. I just, to me, that's a little steep. I know it's the upside's there, but I don't like the risk. Um, in New Orleans, we've got Ben Watson, who was the 14th overall tight end last year. Coming off the board is tight end number 28 in the 17th round. Can you buy into the ancient one? No. Five years ago, yes. Um, you know, the guy's 38 years old. He's, I think, the oldest tight end playing in the game. A great blocker. He's been a, a good receiver in his time. He's never had a big year. Um, you know, since he came with New Orleans, when he was New Orleans the first time, he had a, a couple of good seasons. But yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, tied into maybe to fill in a, in a bye week, but there's nothing more I want out of him. And I probably wouldn't draft him. Yeah, and it's just there's no upside. As far yeah. as Tampa Bay, you've got Brait, and who got an extension last year, I believe it was, or this year, I don't remember. But anyway, then you got O.J. Howard, second-year tight end. Howard's coming off the board in the 11th round is tight end 13, so that makes him the very top of the tight end twos. And Brait is tight end 22. What are you doing here? Uh, I don't touch Bray. Bray had a good season. The first half of the season, he did really well last year. Faded badly the second half when O.J. Howard picked it up and ended up having a good second half of the season. Um, I think what you're going to see, Bray's a good blocker. He is a good receiver when needed, but Howard has the talent to become an elite. And the fact that you can get him as maybe the 13th tight end, I'd love to have him as a tight end too. I can live with it. If I've waited a long time and I've feasted on all the other positions, I could live with Howard as a tight end one. The offense likes to throw to him. They got He's a first-round guy, very talented. I have no problem with taking Howard. Yeah, if you miss one of the top ones early and you want to wait and get somebody in the mid-tier, and he's got the upside, so I, I kind of like him in that range. I wouldn't say I'm met on him. I'm definitely more on the buy than the sell side. 
Um, in Arizona, I know we don't want to talk about Ricky Seals-Jones or anything. No, two games and nothing else. The, the Cardinals, I mean, they they do have a new offense being installed, but the, you know, <laughs> so? Arizona is where all tight ends go to die. Yeah, they haven't had a good one. I can't even remember. Here's here's what I'm going to tell you. This is my my precursor for next year. David Johnson will be a bargain in drafts next year because people will be so upset with how poorly he does this year due to the ineptitude of most of that Arizona offense. I don't doubt it. He's got a horrible line. The schedule's not that great. Yeah, I, means I haven't touched David Johnson, and I wouldn't for that reason. And now we're at Groundhog Day, David. We are back to where the computer completely crashed to talk about two guys we actually did not talk about already today. So it'll be the first time for us, and it'll be the first time for our listeners to hear it. George Kittle, San Francisco, 14th tight end off the board. He slipped some due to the injury. 11th round, where are you at on on Kittle? You know, Kittle, I want him as a tight end, too. People are higher on him than I am. San Francisco is going to have a different passing attack. They have more players. Um, You have Garoppolo coming in and and trying to get into that offense better. You know, he was obviously had some good games in last year, but – um, they have McKinnon in. He's going to be a good pass catcher for them. Um, you know, I, I, Trent Taylor looks good as far as the slot guy goes. Um, I, Kittle, I think he's being overdrafted. I would agree with you up until the injury, but it seems like he's fallen a few rounds since then. And I can see where if you want to try and get him as a very, very late tight end or a backup tight end because of that, I don't have a problem with him at that point. In Seattle, you and I probably wouldn't want to talk about him. But as Harley said in his exodus, draft the net with your last pick. I'm out. The only person I'm drafting in Seattle is Doug Baldwin because he's a value and Tyler Lockett because he adds some value. Other than that, I really don't want any parts of that offense. I'll be absolutely in agreement. I mean, I don't see, you know, Seattle never used her tight end until Graham came along. Now, they have a new offense this year, so that might change things. But the fact is, is that Graham, you can't really categorize him as a tight end so much as he's just a weapon that they're going to use. Without him there, I don't think they're going to rely on the tight end as much. Maybe Burnett will uh, will surprise, but he's not going to do it on my team. Nor mine. So I'll tell you what, that wraps it for us. We have gone through all 32 teams at quarterback and tight end. We had Harley with us for most of it, but as we said, he had to bail because of his birthday. He's going out to dinner with, I believe, his wife. So if you can and you interact with Harley on Twitter, you can find him at Nuclear Harley. Go ahead and wish him a happy birthday. And you can also follow David at DM Dory. That's D-M-D-O-R-E-Y. Of course, you can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. And if you listen to us on iTunes, be sure to rate us and review us. Of course, you can listen at the huddle also. It's free. Um, But tune in each and every week from here on out. One episode a week, dropping on Tuesdays. Until then, get Blitz responsible. Cheers. Cheers.